Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, folks. We're talking with Councilwoman Andy Pease of the City of San Luis Obispo. And we've been talking about water. Um, and she's on RAC, which <laughs> is a uh, advisory committee for the county on water. And uh, uh, some of the things we hadn't gotten to, uh, particularly since we're talking about uh, wind energy and more electric uh, generation uh, off our coast, is uh, desalinization. Are there prospects for that, uh, or there are there things that the county and the city of San Luis Obispo are working on towards that? Yeah, so desalination of the, you know, there is a desal plant at, uh, at Diablo, and, uh, and there was talk as Diablo was um, going to be, be continuing for long term, there was talk of like, okay, could we expand that desal plant and get some better utilization, then that's shifted. But the interesting thing I think about desal, uh, the city of San Luis Obispo is, has a lot of water resiliency that we've got, um, you know, three surface reservoirs, we've got groundwater, we've got recycled water. So I don't think it's as relevant for the city, but I think for our region, that is something that we need to explore. And so the county is uh, exploring desal. It's a very long-term process, but they just, um, over the next two years, they're bringing a consultant on board to be able to look at desal, and then there's all kinds of environmental reviews. And I'm and I'm just I'm keeping an open mind. I think traditionally it's been very energy intensive, and maybe not worth it when there's still opportunity for conservation. But I think at this point, because we don't know what the how the climate is changing, we want to make sure that we um, have have water for our whole region. So desal, I think we need to explore it. There's some evolving technology and uh, using renewable energy. So maybe maybe in 10, 20 years, that's something that we that would be a fit for parts of our of our county. All right. Uh, the uh there's some recycling plans going on uh, in the city of San Luis Obispo for water. In fact, there's some recycling of water going on uh, now. It's just all in purple pipes that you're not supposed to drink from. Right. So uh, another one of those uh, good news stories is uh, recycled water. And in fact, we're starting to talk about it as just as as a one water approach, because a water molecule is a water molecule. You're pulling it from someplace, you're cleaning it, you're, you know, sending it back in. So right now, uh, let's say our city uses 5,000 acre feet of water a year. That's kind of like a, a benchmark. Our recycled water right now is only 200, uh, 300 acre feet a year of that. And it's going in that purple pipe to irrigate, you know, our big parks and landscaping yeah. and that type of thing. So, um, but we have the, uh, our water resource and recovery facility. It's nearing completion of construction. And that one's going to be able to not only um, uh, clean and recycle a whole bunch more of that wastewater that comes into the plant, but at a higher level. And so at some point, as the you know, state regulations um, align with better water utilization, we'll be able to um, inject that water back into our groundwater um, source. Then it sits in there for a few months, and then we could draw it out again you know, further down the, down the, uh, the waterway as uh, drinkable water again. Of course, we treat it there, and, uh, but that's part of our long-term resiliency plan is to be able to recycle through our uh, groundwater system. There's no plan to pump it upstream to store it in uh, Reservoir Canyon or uh, any place else in the ground. 
it sounds like. Uh, no, I think we're trying to use the water basin that we sit on top of right mm -hmm. now. But of course, that does climb, you know, under, under a whole bunch of the city. And if we can generate more than we can use, perhaps um, our, our uh, the other um, agriculturists that who are using our basin, they may be able to use it for their irrigation. You know, if they can cover the costs of that, and we're not using it, so you know, let's let's work cooperatively. I guess that that brings up the issue that has been a very controversial one in our county, which is water banking, yeah. and uh, where do you see the county going on that, and do you see benefits? Do you see? Uh, burdens of that? Well, I think that there's a way to think about water that's a little more holistic in the sense of like in our energy grid, uh, in our electricity grid, right? If you don't know which electrons <laughs> you're using at any one time, did that come from a solar panel or a wind plant or from Diablo, right? So there's a certain amount of, uh, of coordination as some people get more and some people get less and that you can kind of keep tabs on that, right? So th there's an accounting uh, system where you can do that. And at the same time, um, water, uh, we want to make sure that people are being uh, responsible and uh, watching their own. So right now, all we're talking about in the city is um, being cooperative within those folks who share a basin. So we have an Edna Valley, San Luis Obispo Valley basin. And within that basin, we can kind of, um, uh, we know we need to bring up those water levels and, and bring it to a sustainable level. And so I think there's uh, some cooperation that can happen there. And, and of course the city has water from Santa Margarita Lake. Right. We have Whale Rock, Santa Margarita Lake, and Nacimiento. And again, if we can uh, get our own water use uh, through conservation and our recycled water and our surface wells, and we don't need all of our allocation from Nacimiento, maybe on a on a wet year we might be able to um, see if there's somebody else who wants to take on the cost of that water and utilize it to you know uh, for their agriculture. I should point out that the wealth of water that San Luis City has is the product of the farsightedness of uh, Mayor Timothy I. O'Reilly, uh, later a Superior Court judge, and uh, of course, uh, Mayor Settle. Sure. And Who, Dave and, Romero. And right. Dave Romero. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, definitely had some forethought in, in those. And, you know, we're... we're paying the, uh, the, the literal dollar price, right? Those were big investments. And so our city is, has that reliable water source, which has allowed us to um, uh, bring in business, bring in tourism, bring in residents, and, and know that we, uh, with confidence, that we can support our general plan build out. Well, why don't we shift gears sure. here? Let's talk about roads, bridges, <laughs> trains, Yes. Uh, slow cog. Uh, the San Luis Obispo County Council of Governments. Council of Governments. Right. Yeah. And the you're uh, you're actually the vice president this year. Correct. Um, yeah. how, how long have you been the vice president of Slow Cog? Uh, so that was just this year okay. um, that I was elected as the vice president, and um, typically the vice president would you know serve that year and then go on to be president the following year. Uh, Supervisor Arnold is the current president. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so yeah, you'll be next year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, I understand at the last meeting of Slow Cog that there was a proposal to uh, either uh, circulate or study 
or renew uh, Measure J, uh, which was voted down by the voters some time ago, which was a uh, countywide sales tax increase for roads, uh, road improvements primarily. Um, and what I recall being the biggest problem with that particular measure was that it was uh, not apportioned properly. So if you happen to be a resident of uh, Pismo Beach, you got four times as many dollars for road uh, repair and construction as a resident of the city of San Luis Obispo. Uh, and uh, all the cities got less than the county, uh, even though the county's population was uh, fairly small by comparison to all of the cities. Um, if the uh, if Slowcog is looking at this again, uh, how how are the members of Slowcog uh, considering structuring such a tax, uh, and and what's it going to be spent on? Yeah. Yeah, great, great points to bring up. I, I would say um, we are, there's definitely a learning curve. Uh, we learned a lot of lessons the first time. And it it actually, it did 66.6%, but not 66.67%. I mean, it was uh, almost exactly two thirds, but not two thirds plus one. So I think we missed that by, you know, five or 600 votes. And this so, is, this is uh, folks, you're listening to... Uh, Slow County Public Policy and the Law and Councilwoman Andy Pease. Andy, this is one of the problems with the way the initiative process works is if you have a dedicated tax, in other words, if you go to people and say, we want to raise money for one purpose, we're not just going to promise we're going to use it, we won't be able to use it for anything else, it takes uh, 67% of the vote to pass that. But if it's a general tax where the uh, city council says, uh, oh, we're going to use it for essential things. Uh, we're going to end homelessness, m- maybe, but we could also use it to pay off uh, pension obligations. Uh, it only takes uh, 50% of the vote plus one to pass this, even though uh, there's actually no promise made. There's... Yeah, it seems always seemed backwards to me. Like you mm-hmm. get very su- specific, and uh, and then you have a higher threshold than a general. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I don't understand where that one came from. Folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Stay tuned after these uh, important ads. We're going to come back with Councilwoman Andy Pease. <laughs> 